It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. You are seconds away from hearing the daily Locked On podcast you love, but I'd like to tell you about another podcast I think you'll like. Rejecting the Screen, hosted by NBA experts Noah Kozlov and Adam Stanko, features provocative interviews with NBA stars and unique perspectives from around the game. Subscribe to Rejecting the Screen wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? Welcome into Locked On Warriors. I'm your host, Charles T. Hamilton. We got a lot to get to today as there has been a shakeup in the Warriors broadcasting team. Caesars Palace has come out with projected win totals for the 2019-20 season, and the Warriors are in a pretty good spot. And a couple of power rankings came out recently that the Warriors are in, and I think you'll be surprised at where they land in both these. That's all coming up next here on Locked On Warriors on the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. You are Locked On Warriors, your daily Golden State Warriors podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What up, everybody? Welcome in to Locked On Warriors. I'm your host, Charles T. Hamilton. What's happening? Happy Friday. Everyone enjoy this weekend. I know I'm going to. Except it's going to be hot, man. It's going to be too hot. But anyways, there is a broadcasting shakeup with the Golden State Warriors. It was just announced. You know, I had the rundown ready to go. I was going to go this, 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 and this. And about half hour ago, we get the announcement that Kalena Azabuki is going to be replacing Jim Barnett as the color commentator for TV broadcasts. And... It's a move we all saw coming to an extent because the Warriors did try and replace Jim Barnett five years ago uh, in 2014, but there was a a swell of support for JB. I think it was the keep JB hashtag on Twitter. Uh, No one wanted him to go, and luckily they kept him, and he got to spend the last five years calling the most dominant team in the NBA. Maybe in NBA history. He got to spend the last five years calling championships, uh, MVPs, defensive players of the year, all that good stuff that he missed out on in in his first 29 years with the team because the Warriors, as we all know, are, you know, have a history of being a laughingstock before we believe. And then the other six years in between, uh, we believe, and Steph Curry and Clay Thompson getting drafted and uh, Draymond, etc. We all know the history. So Kalena Ozabuki is now the new color commentator for the Golden State Warriors television broadcast. And for those of you that love JB the way I do, don't fret. He is moving to the radio side with Tim Roy, who, for my money, is the best radio play-by-play guy in the business by a wide margin. I mean, there's no close second for my money. And him and JB put together a incredibly level-headed thoughtful, nuanced broadcast team on the radio side. So if you, you know, need to get your fix, that's where you'll be able to find Jim Barnett. And it'll be great, too, because Jim Barnett has spent some time doing radio with Tim Roy, a handful of games each season uh, when, you know, Kalena Azubuki did some games last year, etc. But uh, Tim Roy usually goes solo, so it'll be nice for him to have 
a, uh, a color commentator guy to bounce stuff off of in Jim Barnett. And there's been no announcement of it being anything less than 82 games on radio. You know, it's not, oh, Barnett will call 41, he'll call the home games. So and unless something changes, unless an announcement comes out saying otherwise, you're going to get JB on the radio side with Tim Roy, the best in the biz, uh, for, for the entire season. Back to the television side with Bob Fitzgerald and Kalena Ozabuki. I think it makes a ton of sense to have the replacement for Barnett be someone from the We Believe team. Now, Ozabuki wasn't the biggest star or contributor or you know, role player even with the We Believe team, but he is a figure that's beloved by Dub Nation. They remember him and his potential. Uh, They remember him being jacked. (laughs) Uh, He had a ton of potential, and his career was sidetracked by a brutal injury with the Warriors, I think, in 2009-2010. And... You know, it never picked up again. He retired, I think, in 2012. He's only 35 years old. But back to why I think they should have replaced Barnett with someone from We Believe is because before this current dynastic run, We Believe is the last team that would have gotten people into the Warriors that weren't into the Warriors before. You know, they represented the Bay Area so well with their flashy style of play, their toughness of, you know, Matt Barnes, Steven Jackson, Baron Davis. Uh, It's the last team that brought eyes to the Warriors before this dynastic run. So there are people that love the We Believe Believe team where, you know, Tom Tolbert's great, Brent Berry's great, but it just doesn't reach out to the fan base the same way someone who played for them a, a decade ago does. And it brings some youth. I mean, look, a 35-year-old color commentator, there's, there's not a lot out there. And on top of that, something that you know, I was thinking of is, yeah, well, maybe a star from the We Believe team. Well, you know, Steven Jackson, Matt Barnes, Baron Davis, uh, who else? Al Harrington, all kind of busy doing other things. Um, a lot of them are involved in the weed business. So a lot of them are busy with their uh, entrepreneurship outside of basketball. But I think having Kalen Ozbuki will be great. Hopefully he can keep some of that non-biased opinion that Jim Barnett brought to the broadcast because as good as Bob Fitzgerald is, that you know he's, he's the Warriors' biggest fan as well as their play-by-play guy. So he's very, um, you know, biased has a negative connotation, but... He he loves the Warriors and sides with the Warriors on everything. So maybe Azubuki can uh, bring some of that nuanced analysis and you know non-biased view that Barnett brought. But if not, oh well. I do think it'll be great. I think it's a nice move. And on top of that, to celebrate Jim Barnett, they're going to have him call the first game at Chase Center with... Bob Fitzgerald and Kalena Ozabuki on the TV side, which will be a nice, nice send off uh, because there is no send off. You know, they, they this just got announced. So there was no way to do it last season. So this will be a nice way to uh, give him a send off to radio, which is kind of funny to say because he's still going to be around, still going to be doing Warriors games, just going to be doing it on radio. So interesting shakeup. I like it uh, on the surface. We'll see how it turns out. 
uh, with the actual product, but on the surface, on paper, it all looks good to me. Let me know what you guys think. If you agree or disagree, hit me up on Twitter at CTH415. Do you like the move? Would you rather have JB stick around? Is there someone besides Azubuki you'd rather have out there? Uh, But for me, it's all good. I like the move. And like I said, we'll see what the product uh, actually turns out to be. We're going to take a quick break. Come back. Caesars in Vegas just released the projected win totals for the 2019-2020 season. And the Warriors are in a spot where you want them to be. I'll put it that way. That's coming up next here on Locked On Warriors on the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Is there anything more craveable than the smell of McDonald's fries? If someone's hiding an order of fries, they're never hiding it well. It takes one whiff to trigger a fry craving that will only be satisfied the McDonald's way. So stand up if you would like to taste the smell of a McDonald's fry right now. Did you just stand? Because if you did, then you earned yourself a trip to the McDonald's drive through for your own steamy carton of crispy golden goodness. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Support for this podcast comes from the IT experts at CDW, people who get it. At CDW, we get the future workplace works differently. Today's my first day back. Almost forgot what floor we were on. Understandable. But with modern health and safety technology orchestrated by CDW, the future can work better. Technology like thermal screening and occupancy tracking enables employees to walk confidently into the office. Wait, this isn't my floor. Is this even my building? Even if it's been a while. IT orchestration by CDW. People who get it. Find out more at cdw.com slash future of work. What's up, everybody? Welcome back into Locked On Warriors. I'm your host, Charles T. Hamilton. What's good? Just talked about the broadcasting team shakeup for the Warriors. Kalena Azubuki taking over on radio side for Jim Barnett. Jim Barnett will be joining Tim Roy on the radio side. So my takeaway is it's all good. Should be a fun shakeup, should be interesting, and I'm interested to see what the product is that they can deliver. Caesars Palace came out with projected win totals for the NBA next year, 2019-2020 season. And they had the Warriors with 47 wins, the eighth seed in the West, and picking 19th in the NBA draft. And this, to me, is the absolute perfect outcome for the Warriors next year, and I'll explain why. One, they make the playoffs. I don't think it's out of reach at all. As long as Steph and Draymond stay healthy, I think it's very much within reach. But the West is stacked. Last season, 47 wins would have you on the outside looking in. 47 wins would be the ninth seed in the West. So things have changed. OKC, probably not a playoff team. Uh San Antonio is questionable. There's obviously some shakeups, especially with all the movement that's that's happened uh, this offseason. But the Warriors at 47 wins, to me, is the best outcome for a number of reasons. One of them, they make the playoffs. And that matters for obvious reasons. You know, you want your team to make the playoffs. First year in the Chase Center, you'd like to be somewhat successful. I mean, the, the best case scenario would have been KD resigns, everyone's healthy, and they can win a title in Chase Center's first year. But we all know that's not the case. KD left. Clay torn ACL. 
So an eight seed, couple of home games, potentially win the first round as well. They're going to be a team if if they make the playoffs in that bottom, you know, five, six, seven, eight seed area. They're going to be a scary team that no one wants to play. And I know it's cliche, but it's just the truth because you're going to have Clay coming back. You already have Stephen Draymond. If they win 47 games, I think that means uh, that D'Angelo Russell's playing well also and that they hit on some of these buy-low, low-risk, high-reward-type players, whether it's Jordan Poole, Willie Cauley-Stein, Glenn Robinson, that some of these guys worked out as well. So 47 wins, the eighth seed, great. couple home games, make more money, etc., and I know people, oh, well, who cares about the owner's money? Well, it matters because they're paying the luxury tax. So anything outside of just regular season revenue helps them pay the luxury tax. So that's part of it. But the biggest part is the fact that they, in the Kevin Durant, D'Angelo Russell sign and trade, the Warriors sent Kevin Durant and a top, excuse me, not top 20, a first round pick protected 20 through 30. Well, actually, 21 through 30. So if they get the 20th pick, they're fine. In this scenario, 47 wins the eighth seed. They get pick number 19, which means they keep their pick and they give up a future second rounder to Brooklyn. If they end up with some record that is, uh, you know, top 10 best records in the league, that means that pick is going to Brooklyn. So the Warriors would not have a first round pick. And I know some people, I've knocked them first-round picks, uh, that a pick in the late 20s is not as valuable as some might think it is. And that's true. I mean, if you look at the Warriors drafting over the last five years, picking at 28 or 30, they haven't found many gems. Kevon Looney's the main one. Uh, I think Jacob Evans will be a solid role player, Jordan Poole, etc. You can find players. But one of the biggest frustrations for me over that time is... They're picking just outside of the main talent pool where, you know, last two years ago, Landry Shamit goes 26. So the Warriors take Jacob Evans at 28. Dylan Windler this year went at 26. So they took Jordan Poole at 28. And, you know, jury's out on them. I just, I liked Windler more, but I'm, I'm also impressed by Jordan Poole. So that's not a big knock on either of them, but I'm just saying there are situations over the last five years where the Warriors' greatness has... It's not a bad thing, obviously, but it's just it's knocked them just out of reach for better players in the draft. And I've got some numbers here and some some players as well over the last five years that the Warriors have missed on players because they're out of their reach because they're picking so high, low, late, Picking late, yeah. We'll go with late. That's a good that's a good way to put it. So if the Warriors make the playoffs and fall outside of the, the protected pick range, they would be picking 17, 18, 19, or 20. So in 2014, Ty Ennis went 18, Gary Harris went 19, Bruno Caboclo went 20, and then just outside of them, Rodney Hood went 23rd, Clint Capella went 25th. So that's the talent that they've been missing out on by picking so late. Oddly enough, Rodney Hood was picked with a Warriors pick that was sent to Utah in the Andre Iguodala trade. But that kind of makes my point as well. In 2015, DeLon Wright went 20, Bobby Portis went 22, and the Warriors took Looney at 30. 
So not a great draft, but there was still better talent available or at least talent more ready to contribute. I would still take Kevon Looney, I think, over uh, over Portis. Maybe not DeLon Wright at this point. But obviously, Kevon Looney is the main success story of the Warriors draft picks over the last five years. 2016, Wade Baldwin went 17. Malik Beasley went 19. Karis LeVert went 20. Pascal Siakam went 27. DeJounte Murray went 29. Warriors picked at 30, and they took Damian Jones and then bought pick number 38 and took Pat McCaw, and neither of them are with the team anymore. So that's, again, the point that I'm making is not only does keeping their first-round pick help them, but also it means that they're in a range where there's a lot more talent left, and you're not stuck taking Damian Jones and Pat McCaw. In 2017, the 17th pick was DJ Wilson, 19, John Collins. Like, John Collins at 19 is crazy. He's one of the best power forwards in the game. Might be moving to center. Either way, the guy's an incredible talent that they found at 19. So, Warriors picking at 19 or 20 would be huge. Harry Giles went 20 in 2017. And 2017 was a great draft because Harry Giles goes 20. Terrence Ferguson, 21. Jarrett Allen, 22. OG Ananobi, 23. Kyle Kuzma, 27. Derek White, 29. Josh Hart went at 30 with uh, a pick that was actually Golden State's that they traded to Utah in the Andre Iguodala trade that they traded to the Lakers. The Warriors ended up taking Jordan Bell at 38 in that draft. So again, my point is they've just been picking right outside the pool of pretty damn good players. The talent pool at 28 through 38, 28 and on, you just have much less of a chance of hitting. And then last year, Dante DiVincenzo went 17, Lonnie Walker 18, Kevin Horder 19. Kevin Horder's a guy who I am very high on. Josh Okogie went 20, Anthony Simons 24, Landry Shamit 26, Jacob Evans was taken at 28. Again, I think Evans will be a contributor, but at this moment, there's at least three players I would have taken instead of him if the Warriors had a chance to. So again, best case scenario for the Warriors. 47 wins, 8th seed, you're picking at 19, get to hang on to your pick, host some home playoff games, maybe upset some teams, quote-unquote upset, seeding upset. That would be the best-case scenario. To me, worst-case scenario would be going into the playoffs, losing your pick, and going up against someone who beat you in the first round. I would honestly rather the Warriors miss the playoffs, have a pick in the lottery, and quote-unquote reload for the next season. But the only way that's going to happen is if there's injuries. If Steph misses a chunk of games, if Draymond misses a chunk of games if Clay doesn't come back at all, things like that, which I don't see happening. So Caesars Palace has the Warriors right where we want them, but we will see what happens. If I'm taking the over-under on that 47, I'm actually going under just because I think that that's right in the range where I was going to pick the Warriors. So even though I'm saying under, I think it might be 45. I'm not saying they're going to win 32 games. But I would go under at about 45, 46, and maybe even call it a push at 47. But to say they're going to win 48, 50, that's a tough one for me. 
But that's just me. That's just me. Going to take one more break, come back. A couple of rankings have come out over the last couple of days, and the Warriors are in both of them. And I think you'll be surprised to hear where they are and why. That's coming up next here on Locked On Warriors on the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Support for this podcast comes from Wild Turkey Kentucky Straight Bourbon Whiskey. Let's tune in to their one-on-one with Jamal, a real bartender from Old Fourth Ward in Atlanta. I'm making you old-fashioned today with Wild Turkey Bourbon 101. It just really stands up very well in a classic cocktail like the old-fashioned. It has that perfect boldness. Wild Turkey. Wild Turkey Distilling Company, Lawrenceburg, Kentucky. Copyright 2020, Campari, American, New York, New York. Never compromise, drink responsibly. Today, every answer matters more than ever before. Because whether it's about health, deliveries, or finance, some things just can't wait. That's why IBM is helping businesses manage millions of calls, texts, and chats with Watson Assistant. It's conversational AI designed to help your customers find the answers they need faster, no matter the industry. Let's put smart to work. Visit ibm.com slash Watson Assistant to learn more. What up, everybody? Welcome back into Locked On Warriors. I'm your host, Charles T. Hamilton. What's happening? There have been a couple of different power rankings, I guess you could say, that have come out recently And two of them caught my eye that the Warriors are included on or Warriors players are included on. That kind of surprised me, not that they were ranked where they were, but that the people doing the ranking saw it this way because there's been a lot of negative for the Warriors uh, ever since Kevin Durant decided to leave. You know, people are down on him. But Tom Haberstroh came out with an article ranking the top duos in the NBA. So top duos such as LeBron James and Anthony Davis, who were ranked number one, which is understandable, but they haven't played a second together yet. Similar to the number two ranking of Kawhi Leonard and Paul George. Haven't played a second together yet. But coming in at number three is Steph Curry and Draymond Green, which is awesome, accurate, and a little little surprising, I guess. Not that they came in at three, but that it's Draymond and Steph and not Clay and Steph, and obviously it's not Clay because he is uh, currently injured. But just because Draymond and Steph don't have the cool Splash Brothers nickname we kind of overlook the fact that they are really the duo for the Warriors. They play together more than anyone else. They are just in each other's brains, basically. They both completely understand each other's game. Draymond knows what Steph's about to do. Steph knows what Draymond's about to do. Both incredibly high IQ players that just play great off of each other. Haberstrom makes the point that no other team can flaunt an MVP winner and a defensive player of the year in their primes. That's Steph and Draymond. He also has a great stat here that in the 868 minutes that Curry and Green have played without the aid of Kevin Durant, Clay Thompson, or Andre Guadalla on the floor, the Warriors still outscored opponents by 172 points or 9.5 points every 48 minutes. That's still an elite duo. There's no doubt about it. 
And it's just good to see some people uh, remembering that, you know, that it's all doom and gloom because the Warriors lost the finals and Kevin Durant left and, oh, my God, they traded Andre Iguodala for a 23-year-old all-star. Things are pretty good. Still got some of the best players in the game on the Warriors. As far as some of the other duos, uh, Joel Embiid and Ben Simmons were fourth. Giannis and Chris Middleton, fifth. And then there was Harden and Westbrook, Lillard and McCollum. Uh, These are in no particular order. Irving and Durant. But, you know, check in in 2021 for that. And then some young groups as well. But it was just interesting and good to see Steph and Draymond on that list because they deserve it. And it's good that some people aren't forgetting their dominance and how great they are. Now, the next rankings that came out are the ones that actually did surprise me. This is from Zach Cram of The Ringer. He came out with rankings of the best young core in the NBA. And he ranked all 30 of them. There are some really bad ones and ones you wouldn't expect. Uh, But there are some good ones as well. And just to explain it, it's really convoluted and hard to understand. But I'll put it like this from the words of Zach Cram. Using... 538's Carmelo player projections, which develop a multi-season future forecast based on a player's history, we determine the number of wins above replacement over the next five seasons for every player on each team's roster. Then we filtered out players so that only the under 25 players remained, specifically the players who won't turn 25 until halfway through the 2019-20 season or later, and ordered the teams by resulting war Totals. War, which stands for wins above replacement, compares a player's output to a baseline level that estimates what a medium contract, a minimum contract, or a two way player would produce in the same situation. So that's a lot. A lot of words, a lot of smart words, uh, stuff that's hard to quantify. But the main thing is young cores. Players under 25. And the Warriors are not a team that have been known to have a young core recently. They've been getting older. Andre Guadalla, Sean Livingston. Steph is in his 30s. Uh, KD was getting up to 30. Clay and Draymond are both, you know, I think a year away from 30. And then there wasn't a lot of youth behind them until this offseason. And some of the teams that are poorly ranked are the Houston Rockets, who have only one player under 25. The tough one is the Cavs are ranked 29th, and they have a buttload of players under 25. Uh, Just by these measurements, not looking to be very good. But the point is the Warriors came in at number 10 on these rankings, and it's just crazy to see the Warriors in a top 10 list of young cores. And a lot of it has to do with D'Angelo Russell, Kavon Looney, Jordan Poole, and Omari Spellman's even in there with his war at 2.4. Now, the question is also, you know, Jordan Poole, what about Eric Paschal, uh, Jacob Evans? I think Glenn Robinson's 24. I don't know if he actually meets the criteria because he might be turning 25 before that midway point. But it's just a category that the Warriors have not been in in the last five years. They have not been a young team. And I'm excited about the youth on this team. I'm incredibly intrigued by this upcoming season. I wouldn't say excited 
or, you know, more interested. I was more excited when the Warriors were looking to win championships every year. But I am absolutely intrigued by the youth on this team. And I want to see how it develops. And a top 10 young core, can they live up to that to an extent? You know, can they show that, oh, this this young core is actually pretty good. And it all starts with the 23-year-old all-star in D'Angelo Russell. Thank you guys so much for listening. I'll be back next week, Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. Uh, with new episodes of Locked On Warriors on the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team, every day. You can't climb a mountain if it's smooth, right? You got to go over the rough spots. (laughs) Peace. You are Locked On Warriors, your daily podcast on the Golden State Warriors. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team, every day. Hey, Bay Area sports fans, this is Ben Kaspic, host of the Locked On Giants podcast, which should be the next Locked On podcast you fire up in your feed. The MLB offseason is closing in, and I'll have you covered every day, breaking down the rumors, speculation, and transactions that'll shape next year's Giants team. Subscribe to Locked On Giants right now on your favorite podcast provider. This is Josh Lloyd, the host of the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Podcast, the number one fantasy basketball podcast in the world. If you are looking for information regarding fantasy basketball, recaps of the NBA, this is the show for you. We are heading into the offseason and starting to get ready for the 2020-2021 fantasy season. We'll have all the information on what happens through the rest of the playoffs, free agency, the NBA draft, and then heading into a big 2021 season. So make sure you're checking out the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Podcast.